Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. I am Subaru Natsuki, and today I'm recording a little bit early. So if all goes right, this podcast episode will be live on Friday. I'm trying out a new feature of the Anchor app to actually set a date and time for my podcast posts because I'll be out of town for the 4th of July, and I guarantee that I will not be in the state to record a podcast. I may be super inebriated, tired, both, and or just enjoying the sun and probably getting baked like a cookie. It's okay though. Um, So I want to start off by saying thank you to everybody who listens and has continued listening. And if you're a brand new listener, welcome and thank you for listening. Even if you just make it to the first 50 seconds, you made it to this point. That's a journey. Listening to my voice, trust me, it's not easy. Um... To interact with the show, you guys can always write in um, to the email address that I have for the show. That is lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That is lifestyle, G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy at gmail.com. Or you can interact with me on the social medias, on Facebook. Just look for the lifestyle page. It's lifestyle of a gay black boy. You'll find me right away. Or search hashtag LGBB pops up right away. Um, Instagram, I will hopefully have the page created. So on Instagram, it'll hopefully be Lifestyle of the Gay Black Boy. But if you can't find me that way, just look for AJ Vandertunt. Um, It's an interesting name. One that I'll take one day, maybe. If I find somebody with the first name Vander and somebody else with the last name Tunt, let's go ahead and make this a three-way marriage. I'm all about it. Um, but if you'd like to contribute, feel free to reach out to me on the social medias or through the email, and I can keep you anonymous if you would like to, or if you'd like to get a shout out, I'm all about it. Feel free to curse me out. And you know, I always say it, if you curse me out, I'm only going to make it to the 15th curse word. After that, I'm sorry, it's just mumble jumble at that point, because you can only combine damn fuck and shit so many times but I've heard some good ones. Um, So we're going to get started in the episode today, but I'm going to start off the episode with a little bit more about what is going on in Sudan right now. Um, Last week, I did talk about the crisis in Sudan. There is a military coup that is going on, and it's getting close to the brink of a civil war. Um, A lot of people, a lot of innocent people are dying just for protesting. There is a complete media blackout in the country and a lot of the information that is being leaked is coming through backways channels, the dark web, smuggling things out. And it's a serious crisis. Um, I want to make sure that I bring awareness to it because learning about this more and more Innocent people are dying just for wanting the right to be free. And we see it here in our country every day here in America that people are losing their rights left and right. And especially if you're part of the black community, you see it and we've seen it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Innocent people dying at the hands of police and other people just because of hate. And that's what's going on in Sudan. The crisis is crazy. The military is slaughtering people. And just this past weekend, um, June 30th, there was a march and a protest by the Sudanese people. It was called the Sudanese Million Man March. I 
I'm going off a name that I heard. I don't know if that was the official name of the protest, but even still, people were still being targeted and hurt at the same time, but they're fighting for their rights. And one thing that we can do as people who are learning about it is spread the word. You may have seen the light blue tile that is posted on a lot of social media that represents Sudan and the Sudanese crisis that is happening. Post the tile if you want to post it. Spread the information. Share a story. The same time you're ready to share a recipe about blueberry waffles, share the information that you find out about Sudan. Um, Just sharing is one small way to contribute and it's massive because the more people know, the more eyes that are watching what is going on there and these atrocities can hopefully stop. Who knows, maybe sharing one thing could prevent the death of one person. That could be major and huge for us all. Um, If you want to donate, I'll make sure to post the information again. The UNESCO World Fund, the United Nations, a lot of humanitarian efforts are being made and even just donating 50 cents can be helpful because if we all pitch in, it can be great. I do know that the situations in our country are not the best and we do have to fix us, but it's always good to give a helping hand, especially to those people who are over there who are black. They're being killed and it's, it's terrible. So I will make sure to share the information and I want to talk about things like this because doing this podcast is tons of fun. But if we can do something good along with the fun, it makes it even better. Um, So check it out. I will make sure to spread information and let's get this show started. So today's episode is called Gay, Black, and Self-Conscious. This is a topic that I have started to focus on more and more as I'm getting into this podcasting journey. I'm brand new to the podcasting world. Um, I don't even know how many episodes we're at right now, but I know that this is a new venture for me. It is something I haven't done before, and it's something that I'm loving every single day because as I get to post these episodes and talk and interview people and interact with more podcasters, I'm discovering so much more about myself that I did not know was there. It's like I'm digging through just an archaeological exhibit and I'm like oh okay I just picked up a fork and this fork represents something or I just dig a little bit further and I'm like okay well that's a little bit of fossilized shit but you know there's some properties there we can figure out what they were eating back in those days and then you know somehow I pick up a gem a diamond and it's like whoa that was there all this time no idea only the voices inside my head knew it was there the voice that's audible had no idea I think it's something that's good. Um, So we'll start off with our quote of the day. Our quote for today. This comes from... Why did I just blank? I'm sorry. This comes from Ray Bradbury. Um, He's a screenwriter, does horror movies, some very great horror movies. And his quote is... Well, he passed away, but his quote is, Don't think. Thinking is the enemy of creativity. It's self-conscious, and anything self-conscious is lousy. You can't try to do things. You simply must do things. Bray Bradbury, I created some of the greatest movies that I love, um, and one that will be being remade with 
one of my favorite actors of all time, Michael B. Jordan, is Fahrenheit 451. Um, I just suggest that you look into his films, read his IMBD, look into his biographies. He was a creative person. And there's books that he's written, even when it comes to being self-conscious, that helps me out a lot when it comes to getting in my head. And it, it can be weird. So let's talk about being self-conscious. So being self-conscious to me is, it is that second-guessing yourself of, can I really do this? Can I really accomplish what I'm doing? Can I really step out of my front door? And that voice that's inside of your head that says, no, you don't need to go out there. I mean, what if you step out your door and you happen to just fall flat on your face and then your neighbors in the hallway see you fall flat on your face and then you're on the ground and you've got lint in your eyes and now they're going to go back in their apartment and talk to other people and it it just spirals because it creates this insecurity inside of yourself of oh no I can't do that like I can describe my self-conscious state as a broken record Um, that's just kind of stuck in a loop. It just continuously repeats over and over and over and over and over again. And for me, it can come from the most basic of situations. One example is the first time that I spoke in front of a group when I was an adult educator. And it was the weirdest thing. The first time I was getting ready to speak to a class of people, and these were adults in their 30s, um, I remember getting all my stuff ready for the class. And this was about a week before the class was actually starting. And I'm getting everything ready. I've got my outfit for the first day ready. And I'm like, okay, I need to figure out how I'm going to introduce myself to this group of people who I've never met before because we're about to spend the next four weeks in this one confined space learning about healthcare, specifically Medicare. It's like a jungle. It's a maze. But if you need Medicare information, come and talk to me. We can definitely talk about that later. So I remember days before... I'm getting ready before the class is going to start. I'm at home and I'm like, okay, how am I going to start this class off? What am I going to say? How's this going to work? So I remember sitting in front of my mirror and I'm like, okay, well, Andrew, just go ahead and say, hi, I'm Andrew Shepard and I'm here to help teach you guys about Medicare and make sure you have all the tools to complete your job. It's pretty straightforward. There was nothing else that was really there. And I was like, okay, that'll be good. That'll work. So after I said it, I sat in silence for a second, and then my brain started going. It just started going. It was starting to tick, tick, tick. So first, the first thing I said, okay, um, well, that's really basic. Maybe I should say more. So then I thought to make it more animated, maybe throw in some movements or some hand gestures, you know, a little bit of spirit fingers, or maybe decide to do a jumping jack after I say my name, or try to do a backflip. Now, I am not physically capable of doing a backflip. It would have not happened. I would have landed right on my neck. But these were ideas that I'm starting to throw out because I'm like, well, that's just not animated enough. So then I'm like, um, 
well, maybe that's not going to work because then what if I get too animated and everybody in the room is like, okay, this dude's got to be gay because no straight person is going to act like that. They're not going to do spirit fingers. They're not going to do a backflip. They're not going to bust out a cheer in the middle of the classroom. So then it just kept building at that point. Now it's just brick on top of brick of just everything that's telling me that I shouldn't do it. So then I'm like, okay, well, maybe if I take out the movements and the hand gestures and I go back to just saying I'm Andrew Shepard and I'm here to teach you, but then I throw in some kind of Medicare joke in there, maybe about someone who's older who's getting on Medicare, maybe that'll be great. So then I stopped and I'm like, wait, no, if I say this joke about someone being old, then that person's going to get offended and they're going to think that I'm being ageist. And then that's going to go further to then me getting pulled into my boss's office and they say, you know what, there's no place for discrimination and now we have to fire you. (laughs) That is my mind in a nutshell. And it all started from me trying to plan how to say hi to a group of people I have never met in my life. A group of people who I'm pretty sure I ran into at the grocery store, at GameStop or something. I may have interacted with one of these people. And my mind just, it goes on it. It just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And as I started to modify more, it built. And it's just like this beat of a drum that just constantly just beats at a steady rhythm, but it's adding more and more and more irrational things into how I feel about a decision that I make. You know, and it doesn't even happen just from being nervous getting ready to talk to somebody. It can go even further for me. Now, when it comes to talking to people, now that I'm doing this podcast, it has helped me love my voice even more. I know when it comes to me talking to people and presenting myself to a group of people to the world, in previous episodes I've talked about it, that when I was younger, a lot of people would say, oh, you sound white. Oh, what's wrong with you? Why do you talk like that? Oh, you talk gay. I would always hear that over and over and over again. So I was like, okay, I'm just not going to talk in front of people. I'm just going to shut my ass up. I'm going to learn sign language and pretend like I'm deaf. That didn't work out well because even though I was embarrassed about my voice because I had always gotten, you know, weird comments and negative things back, I like to talk. I still like to talk. And I, I had to figure out how to deal with it. So... As I got more and more used to it, I'm like, okay, well, it suits me. It's kind of fun. I like it. And then, of course, I'd still have the people out there. Oh, you sound gay. Uh, Okay, well, you know, I guess that's just the world we live in. Still had no idea what gay was at that point because I was just too young. I just knew that talking was fun. Now, doing this podcast, there is no visual. There's no video to what I'm doing. All you can hear is my voice. And all I'm doing is presenting my voice to the world. I mean, of course, on the social medias, I post my photography, pictures, and all that stuff and videos. But this medium for my art of podcasting is just my voice. The thing that I was very ashamed and hurt by is now what I'm presenting to the world. And I feel like I'm kind of reclaiming it. Almost as a way to say, you know what? This is my voice and it's here to stay. And quite frankly, if you don't like it, there is always a garbage can you can lick. 
you know, and it's just one of those things. So I say all that to say it's one minor way that I've started to overcome that self-consciousness that I had. Now, my self-consciousness also transfers to other things. So I like to be a perfectionist. I like to make sure that everything I do is perfect, even though nothing in this world is perfect, no matter how hard I try. So one example of that is I could be doing like the smallest task in the world, the smallest thing in the world, and I can make a simple mistake. Let's say I'm crocheting a blanket and this blanket's for somebody's baby shower. Um, and you know, this is actually a real scenario that occurred. Crocheting a blanket and I'm doing pretty well, but then all of a sudden I notice my stitches are off. So the blankets kind of lean into the left. So it's like a diagonal blanket at this point. And it went from really nice looking to kind of looking like I either stroked out while I was doing the crocheting or for some reason, half of the sun just decided to set the blanket on fire. And now it's just a great diagonal thing. But as I do things like that, and there's just a small mistake, I get in my head and it kind of turns into the butterfly effect. So one example, let's say I'm typing an email to somebody while I'm working. I'm typing an email, and as I'm typing, I happen to write the word you twice in a sentence. So it's no longer grammatically correct. Now, Andrew, in his head, if he didn't catch that, and let's say I sent that email out, then I go back and I look at the email and I didn't proofread it, I feel like it's a domino effect at that point. Because now the fact that I put you twice in this email, the person who reads it, they're going to be so offended and it's going to mess up their day that when they leave work, they're going to stop short as they're driving. That's going to create a ripple effect that is a tremor that's going to travel through the earth, cause a tsunami on the other side of the earth. Then that tsunami is going to create a wave, which is then going to wipe out an island of people who plant and grow coffee and now they have no trade system so those people can no longer feed their children and since they can't feed their children their children are going out and become ravenous zombies i'm just gonna let you just sit on that for a minute (laughs) it makes no sense whatsoever nothing about that scenario is rational but creators of The Walking Dead, if I just figured out how the whole situation started, I expect payment. $45 in my bank account and 72 Kit Kats and three Arizona iced teas. That's all I want. And some IMBD credits. That's all you got to give me? If I figured out the show, I'm here for it. But that whole thing comes from nowhere and I literally will make a mountain out of a pebble of something that can happen and it just it feels like it doesn't end it it keeps going you just have the cycle so with the cycle that's not ending then I have to figure out well what do I do what do I do at this point? I've created an entire zombie apocalypse just from typing three letters, Y-O-U. How does that work? And in my head, 
it's a valid scenario. If someone were to come up and say, Andrew, no, it's fine. I would literally say, okay, uh uh-huh. Yep, I understand that you're saying it's fine. Well, in my head, I'm like, Andrew, it's not fine. It is not fine. You have messed this up. It's not fine. That is self-consciousness to me. That is my explanation of when I become self-conscious about a situation. Because the next time I get ready to type an email, I'm sitting there hesitating. An email that should have taken maybe three minutes to send now takes 30 minutes for me to send because I'm going through and proofreading the six words that I typed on the screen 72 times. That's my self-consciousness at its worst, just working its little nerve there. But one of the great things about it that I'm learning, especially through doing this experience of podcasting, is that it has a weakness. My self-consciousness has a serious weakness. And that weakness is the fact that I keep going and I don't let it stop me. So finding that weakness is integral for me. And the weakness is the calmness that I can still get back, even though I've created this zombie apocalypse. And because of the zombie apocalypse, there will no longer be donuts for me to eat. And since I can't eat donuts anymore, that means I have to start eating lollipops or Jolly Ranchers. And then I'm going to get diabetes or something. See, it was starting right there. That had nothing to do with the thing. But the fact that I can find calmness and solace is important. And that is the weakness for the self-consciousness. And it comes in different ways for me. So I have a tactic to calm my nerves once I get into that self-conscious space. And one of the first things that I always do is I put on some music. I need music. That music speaks to me in a way that nothing else can. So I'll throw on my headphones, open up a playlist on my phone, and then once I put that playlist on, and it's a specific set of songs, it's songs that are very special to me that give me great feelings. As soon as I put that on, I start to calm down. I start to feel like I'm standing in the warmest shower possible, but not hot, not uncomfortable. It's just warm water. I feel like it's just rushing all over me. And that feeling of that warmth starts to break down the barriers and scenarios that I have created in my mind. But to get to that with those particular songs and music, I had to condition myself to do that. And if you're not familiar with conditioning is, um, I don't want to get too much in the scientific realm because I know I'm going to say something that is wrong when I'm uh, paraphrasing the facts here. But conditioning is your response to a situation. So there was an experiment with dogs and these dogs had little saliva Uh, catchers installed in their mouths. And the scientist who was performing this, who I cannot remember his name at this time, I know it's not Freud, but if somebody remembers it, please tell me. Um, With the dogs, what would happen, they would ring a bell and the dogs would get food. Every time the bell would ring, 
food would come to those dogs. And the way they measured that the dogs were starting to get conditioned that every time this bell ring, they should expect food, is that they started to salivate more. And the saliva catchers were catching that saliva. So then they took the experiment even further and just started ringing the bell, but never gave the food. The dogs still had the same exact response as if they were going to get food. That's what conditioning is. So to get Condition me to calm down when I hear this certain set of songs. I will always play those songs when I take a shower, no matter what time of day it is, no matter what time of night it is. And I'll just stand there in the shower, feeling that perfectly warm water rushing over my body while these this, these songs play. So as soon as those songs start playing and I'm not in the shower, I still smell the warmth of the water. I can still feel the mist. I can still feel all those good things just rushing over my body. And that immediately takes me to a state where the stress starts to break down. Because at least for me, a shower is the most calming moment of my day. There's no other moment that's calmer than that to me. I could literally be asleep and I barely sleep, but even sleep isn't as calming as a shower is. Something about it, it's just great. So once I've gotten that conditioning in, now playing those songs, it starts to just stop the record that's playing in my head of all these self-doubt and self-conscious statements and scenarios that I'm building. And I start to make sense of the world. Now I'm no longer like, okay, the word you did not cause the zombie apocalypse. It just caused an apocalypse that's inside my head. And now it's time to start dismantling this apocalypse. Another thing that does work for me, and it works very well, And this is one that I would suggest for everybody to do, even if you're not in a self-conscious state, just for your well-being and mental health is going for a long walk. Or if you like to run, run. I am not a runner. Um, I just won't do that. Even if the zombies are chasing me, I'm not going to run. I'm going to walk and I know I won't get away if I run. So if you're going to eat me, I'd rather be eaten and not panting for breath. (laughs) but I'll go on a long walk and I will sometimes make it as long as I can. I have actually gone for walks for hours or sometimes just as little as 30 minutes. Um, And during that walk, I'll have a different set of playlists going and it's still incorporating the music to the walk. But even if I don't have music playing, walking and not looking at my phone, not trying to do something else, just walking uninterrupted without any stimulus in my face as far as an electronic device or focusing on that issue that has caused me to get into the self-conscious state, it is so relaxing. It's one of those moments where this just repetitive moment of one foot in front of the other, it's kind of with every step, those self-conscious scenarios start to break down. So now the zombies are gone. And now the tsunami never happened. So all the coffee has now grown back. And that's each step that I'm just like, okay, the world's back to normal. Because now that the coffee's back and the tsunami never happened by the earthquake that was triggered, now I'm sitting back at my desk and I can just hit backspace three times. And it's like, oh, wait, it's all gone. That's what the walk does. It's a motion where I'm doing something with my body. My body is physically moving. 
And because I'm focusing on the movement of my body, I'm now concentrating on the fact that I have myself and myself is ready to deal with whatever I have just built up all this anxiety and self-consciousness towards. So going for that walk, it's amazing because I'll go for a walk, whether it's sunny or rainy, which I love rainy walks because I don't know if anybody else does it. And this is going to get a little off topic. If you do it, please tell me if you've seen singing in the rain. Um, is it Bing Crosby? I think Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire did like a dance to it. And they're singing in the rain, dancing and swinging on light poles and stuff. I want to do that one day, but I will probably get mental hygiene arrested for it because it's just not normal. And especially not in my neighborhood, people will look at me like, um, he, he's on something. <laughs> that's probably what they will look at me like. But that whole scenario of just being in the rain, and that's when I'll walk without music to hear the rain dropping and hitting everything around me. It just validates the fact that everything here is we- real and everything that's in my head that I'm building as a scenario has not happened and may- most likely will never happen. Um, I'll go out and walk when it's cold or hot. It's not always the most comfortable in the beginning, but your body acclimatizes to it and it gets better. No matter what's going on, that walk will put me into a zen moment. That repetitive motion, zen moment right away. It's kind of just soothing as I keep going. The beginning of the walk is where I'm still dealing with all that shit that's in my head. But as I walk, it just fades to the background. And as you keep walking, it just fades. By the time I get to maybe a mile, it's not even the forefront of my mind anymore. At that point, I'm just like, oh, these flowers smell great. Or, uh uh-oh, they have a flat tire. Um, Maybe I can help, but my form of help may not be that useful because I'm just going to say, hey, you've got a flat tire. So it's different, you know. Um, Another great thing that helps me is video games. Now, I don't know who out there is gamers. If you're a gamer... Um, I love to know what type of games you guys play. I personally love playing all types of video games, especially when I am in a self-conscious state or stressed out, a fighter, a fighting game. Soul Calibur, Mortal Kombat, I'll throw one of them on and I will just pick a character and then pick someone else to fight. And I imagine all that self-consciousness in that other character that I'm fighting. And I will just go for hours beating the living crap out of this character. Just because I know if that's the self-consciousness in my head, it's got to be knocked out. It it has no power here. I'm going to be the one who literally beats the brakes off of it. (laughs) Um, That's going to be my thing. It helps. It channels all that energy that's in my brain to create these crazy scenarios onto something I can physically see and actually do something about. I know not many people are, well, I can't even say not many people. I haven't heard many people who would say that playing a violent video game or something like that is good for stress. I wouldn't suggest to do it all the time because I don't think getting out your frustrations and that those voices, the self-consciousness in a violent way is always good, but at sometimes it is a good catalyst to start the breakdown of the stress. And 
it just works. I, I can't do a puzzle game when I get in that kind of state. It just... Now I'm just forcing myself to think extremely hard. And that's a little hard one for me. But just a mindless fighting game or if there was a game where you could just cut down logs, I would do that. Let me just cut down some logs like trees. Just cut them down and turn them into logs. Oh yeah, I'm there. Log hunter maybe is what we could call it or long live the log. Something like that. We'll think of a name for it. Um... And then there are the times where I cannot get to any of these means. I can't get in the shower in the middle of work. Unfortunately, they do not let me put a shower in my office. Every job should let you have a shower in your office and a locking door. I think that would be good. You know, sometimes I can't get to my music. And there's times where I just can't put on a video game. It just doesn't work. I, I can't be sitting behind the st- steering wheel of a car playing a game. I've seen people do it and then the next thing you see is them wrapped around a tree. So don't do that. That's not a good thing. But one of the things that is always with me and hopefully is always with you is the ability to control your breathing. When I can't get to one of the other sources I have for that relief, I breathe and I focus on my breathing. Sometimes I'll close my eyes And I'll just focus on taking air in through my nose, deep, deep breaths, and then exhaling that air through my mouth. The breathing, it's a very calming and positive feeling. It's the one thing that we have control over that no one else can take away from you unless they're, you know, trying to murder you or something, but they can't take it away from you. My breath is my own. I can control to breathe in, how deeply I want to breathe in, and how well I want to breathe out. And when I get into a self-conscious state, I notice that it's the lack of control of my own mind that I feel is the biggest cause of all these problems that I see generating from it. So to take something that is completely mine, my action to breathe is a calming experience. You know, you breathe in, And that's like you're taking in all this positivity. And when you exhale, the negativity starts to come out. Sometimes it's slow. Sometimes it's fast. But it helps. And those positive vibes of pushing out the bad and taking in the good, it's useful. It's very useful. I would suggest do it every day. Take five minutes a day. No matter if you're having a good day or a stressful day. And focus on your breathing. Don't do anything else, but just focus on your breathing. Sit everything else down and just in and out, in and out. There's something about it. It's just beautiful. It's like if you've ever gotten a chance to go to the beach and you watch the water, it'll come in and come out. The waves go in and out. And that motion never stops, ever. It never stops. If it does, that means gravity is done and be prepared to fly into outer space. Um... Come and talk to me if that does happen because I want to hold somebody's hand when I'm floating up into outer space. It, it, it'll be different. But that motion in the ocean of the water going in and out, it's something that's so relaxing and it's one of the most basic things that you'll see on the earth. But it's beautiful. It's a beautiful fluid motion that just keeps going 
No matter what's going on around you, you could scream at the ocean, it's still going in and out. You could be a dog and you could try to bite the ocean. The water's still going in and out. It doesn't stop. And that's the same thing with your breathing. Your breathing is that motion of the ocean. It just goes in and out, in and out. I love it. So those are just some things that do help me to relax and get into a state where I can get out of my head when I start to feel that self-consciousness rear its little ugly head. But I did get a chance to talk with people on the social medias and other platforms that, you know, I'm on. And three podcasters I want to focus on uh, gave their scenarios and thoughts and experiences when it comes to being self-conscious. Um, and truly, guys, I thank you for it. So this would be the section of my listeners' lifestyles, but these are podcasters' lifestyles who this community of podcasting is just so big and it's so welcoming and I just love to hear from people. So I want to start off with Veronica. Uh, Veronica reached out to me and she is the producer and editor of the Artifactual Journey podcast. Um, I'm going to make sure to tag each of you and, you know, put you in the description of the episode so people can check you out. I am going to suggest you check out all three of these podcasters that um, we're going to be talking about because just damn, you, you oh my gosh, gold on the floor. It's their podcast are amazing. Um, but Veronica wrote in and she said that I saw your post on a group on Facebook, which is the Black Podcast Network, about being self-conscious. And she said, some of the barriers I encounter when dealing with my self-consciousness is that I'm never really able to turn it off. Whether I'm with friends, coworkers, or strangers, I always think that everyone notices the negative aspects of myself that I tend to overanalyze no matter how hard I try. It's just difficult to switch off. This can often make it difficult to just enjoy the moment or pay attention to an important conversation. However, self-consciousness can be good because it forces you to be aware of your surroundings. Often, I'm sorry, excuse me, I just got tongue tied. (laughs) However, self-consciousness can be good. It forces you to be aware of your surroundings often which can be helpful in unfamiliar situations. If I could give someone advice on dealing with self-consciousness, I would tell them, take a deep breath. Those breaths, that motion in the ocean. I know that's often hard to do, but it's important. In that deep breath, let go of all of your negative thoughts and let yourself live in the moment. Don't overanalyze everything and don't assume that everyone is criticizing you. She said, I hope this answers your question. And yes, it does. It does. Veronica, that is a great point. And it's one that I have to take in myself. Is even once I calm myself down, I still think everybody else, especially if it's something that I've done in a scenario, is criticizing me. And I'm like, well, even though I've calmed myself down now, they're still looking at me like, damn, he fucked that up. Like, he couldn't even type the word you correctly in a sentence. What in the world is wrong with that boy? And you have to let it go. You have to. 
You have to let that go because if you don't, you can't get back to your normal state. Your homeostasis is gone. And the fact that there is good that can come from being self-conscious about being aware of your surroundings, now that self-consciousness, that whole weird state, that zombie apocalypse is a learning experience. It's like, okay, now I know proofread before I hit the send button. Or when the zombie horde is chasing you, make sure your damn shoes are tied. (laughs) Or, you know, maybe instead of me just having a lazy stroll while the zombies are chasing after me, I pick it up to maybe a brisk walk. I think I can do that. Unless they're, you know, the fast zombies, then I'm just screwed. Um, But thank you for sharing that because it's another way to even interpret how someone else feels and how you feel and to know that you're not alone in being that self-conscious feeling it's just it's beautiful it's empowering in a way to know that you're not the only person who's feeling this and I just appreciate it I really do um the next person who wrote in this was a part of the podcast group that I'm a part of as well and that's podcasting while black um is Rodney and Rodney is a podcaster and his podcast he's the co-host of Love You to Life podcast or the Love You to Life podcast he and Cece do this podcast together and I am an avid listener um Rodney shot me out, shot me out before on his podcast. He talked about me and my whole mind was blown. I was like, what? Somebody else has mentioned my name? All about it. Um, but Rodney wrote in and what he said is, my issue started from childhood. Doing something as simple as reading a book, report in front of the class and fumbling my words, getting laughed at, that stays with me. Being called dumb by a teacher, being told you talk white, being too dark for some girls, all that kind of made me self-conscious on many levels. Some of it sticks with me today. I still have to remind myself from time to time, I'm a cool motherfucker. Well, MF is what he put, but I just like saying motherfucker. That right there, immediately, I can relate to. When you have those experiences in your life where you're constantly receiving negative, negative feedback, weird comments, you know, I'll use the one that I used before, which I still don't understand. Somebody said I eat gay. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Maybe I need to eat with metal chopsticks. Who knows? But it makes you second guess yourself all the time and you get into these self-conscious spaces and I would never guess that Rodney was self-conscious just listening to him speak because there's so much empowerment behind what he says and what he says in their podcast I would never imagine it but it's something to know that even some of the people who are the strongest still deal with it because self-consciousness can stem from moments that happened in your past that maybe you have not gone back to in a while or that have stuck with you and sometimes the stimulus is the situation you're in but you don't know where that root first took hold so it's beautiful to be able to go back and acknowledge those moments and then the way you summon up the end, you're still cool as fuck. Um, that is the big thing right there. Having that self-love for yourself 
to just say, okay, self-consciousness, you got that. But guess what? I still love myself. And that moment right there, it is empowering. It is a way to just snap self-consciousness little legs and say, you know what? Um, You take a seat because I'm here to stay and I'm going to have fun in my life and enjoy it. Then after our Rodney commented on the post, then I also had another podcaster comment on the post, and that's Charmaine Fury, um, also known as Mixed Girl Maine. Um, and she is the host of the Bi Furious podcast. I had to slow down when I said that, Charmaine, because I have literally bitten my tongue trying to say the name of your podcast. And it's not the way your podcast name is. It's just the fact that when I try to talk, I get excited, talk too fast. The next thing I know, I bite my tongue. And then I there it goes. The self-consciousness has started again because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to eat cookies later because I have just bit my tongue. <laughs> but uh, what Charmaine said was, I tend to get social anxiety. So if I know I'll be in a crowd, I guess that's the closest to feeling self-conscious I get. I fold in until after a few hours and then I come alive a bit. I have no tools or method to combat this. Basically, it just takes a while to get comfortable and then I get to participate. As for self-conscious while podcasting, that fades after a couple of months. I think knowing my show has been helpful to some people and has helped me overcome my awkwardness. And Charmaine, another thing I can relate to, it's not easy putting yourself out there to the world. And being in certain situations, I am the same way. I call myself an introverted extrovert where there are situations I'll be out and you know just social butterfly and people are like oh you have so much fun and you talk to people really easy and it's great the whole time inside though I'm like um how does my hair look did my beard get combed today um maybe I put on a little too much glitter for this glitter beard or maybe there's not enough glitter or maybe somebody's upset that I have glitter on so I'm trying to figure out what to do or one of my biggest nightmares is getting invited to a friend's event and there's none of our other mutual friends there I'm the only friend that I can relate to as long as that other person is and then the rest of people I have no idea who they are immediate nightmare scenario for me I will immediately shut down, sit in a corner, even though I want to talk and be social and I'm like inside, like, yeah, 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 I want to go talk. It'll take me a good four drinks and about two hours to get to the point where I'm ready to say hello. (laughs) Just like that. (laughs) Um, And then Charmaine also said, the weird thing is that all this is new. I was very extroverted most of my life, but I had a major depression that lasted about three years. And ever <clears throat> and ever since then, I have these social anxiety issues. I make the joke that I podcast so I don't have to talk to people in person. I think that that is an amazing tool. Even though you're saying you make the joke, I think that's an amazing tool. 
I feel like when you podcast, and especially being a part of a community of podcasters, you're still having a conversation, but it's kind of like you're having a pen pal that you communicate through audio. And I just think it's amazing because this communication, it gives you a chance to speak and say how you feel or what's going on or your thoughts and ideas for a situation. And then someone else gets to respond and you get the chance to hear their response without you being able to respond to them right in that moment. You get to analyze it and feel it and see it. And then as the podcaster giving the response or making your podcast, you get the moment to just say, hey, I just want to get this all out of my head, get it all out of my face, and this is what's going on. I have just laid it out on the table, and maybe somebody else out there can relate. Maybe somebody else out there can help. Maybe somebody else out there knows this feeling and knows a way to get to the bottom of it that I haven't figured out yet. Boom, crazy. And the conversation then continued, because then Rodney came back in, and he said a hefty A hefty bout of depression can change you monumentally. But we are here in this group on this post for each other. So that's a good thing. Wrapped it up and right back in the community. That can be one of the great things for a relief for being self-conscious is community. Um, I've talked about it before and it's something that's big in the gay community, especially when you're black and gay. Sometimes you have to make your own family. You have to find a community where you belong because it's not always that people are going to accept you, your lifestyle, where you are, who you are as a person. So to create a network and to have mutual conversation with each other, to say, hey, you're not alone. This is something that we go through, but there's so much silver linings that come from these negative moments or these moments where you're just thrown off balance and your homeostasis is crazy, there's still something beautiful that's there and you're not alone in it. And you've got another person that's there through a podcast, through a social media post, or just through saying, hey, it's going to be okay. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, I hope I did all of you guys justice reading and uh, responding because I needed that. I needed that this week. This week I've been all in my head and it's only right now it's Tuesday when I'm recording. When you guys are listening, I don't know when it is. If you're listening and it's 2021 and for some reason I am not here, please let me know or just post on social media because maybe I'll be able to see it from wherever I am if the asteroid Apophis has dipped below the Earth's satellites. I would like to know about that. Just saying. Um, So thank you guys for sharing and contributing because it, it means the world to me. And I know somebody else who's out there listening. It can help for them to hear too. Um... It's something that I just think is amazing. So that's going to be our section there with our listeners' lifestyles. And, uh, you know, if you guys want to contribute to the show, of course, reach out to me through all the means. If you want to write a message in the sky, make sure you take a picture of it because I don't know what sky you'll be in. But if you happen to be in upstate New York, I'll probably see it and I'll respond. 
I won't put a message in the sky, but maybe I will find some wet semen and carve it in there. And then one day you'll see it and say, oh shit, communication does work. But if you want to stay with the times, email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G is in gay, B is in black, and B is in boy at gmail.com. Or on the social medias, shoot me a DM and we'll get into it. And I can keep you anonymous if you'd like to be anonymous. Um, we're going to wrap up the episode here with being self-conscious and I want to give my lifestyle looking glass a chance to talk today. Uh, So my focus for today is what I see going on in our country. Um, Here in America, we're in a state of just turmoil and disillusion in some cases we're no longer balanced and there's just a lot of things that are going on i'm not going to rant to say that republicans are terrible or democrats are terrible that's not it um i just look at the expenditure of money in our country and the way things are budgeted and what's happening and that's just throwing me off you know i saw today on the news that um the guy in the White House, is planning this big July 4th parade. And there's going to be tanks and jets and exclusive seats are being sold for massive amounts of money. And I'm no longer surprised that this is happening. But what has me annoyed, perturbed, just, uh, let's be quite honest, pissed off, is there are still people in Flint, Michigan who don't have clean water. There are still people in our country who are homeless, who are starving, who need food. There are people who can't afford a pair of shoes and there are people who can't afford healthcare. Why? I get all this money for this parade or whatever it is. I bet you that money could be used and half of these problems could be solved or at least worked on to the point to get people clean water to drink, to make sure everybody has a good sustainable source of food, to make sure that everybody can have health care. It's frustrating to see and I haven't commented on it. I don't typically comment on these kinds of issues because you see it every day and I just want to spread positivity about it. But come on. Why? I don't understand why this is happening, but the thing that I can say is if we take a moment and everybody just steps back and as opposed to arguing, we just look at the people who actually need help in this world, maybe we can all take a moment and step back and say, hey, yes, I'm pissed off. I'm angry as fuck that the color red does not come out green on a piece of paper. Yes, that has pissed me off, but if I calm the fuck down, look back in the crayon box, maybe we can organize our lives and say, hey, I want to color green, so let's throw some green down. I want to color red, so let me throw some red down. I want to color blue, let me grab the blue crayon and throw it down. All those colors that are now on that piece of paper, not a single one is taking away from the other. They're still just colors that are there trying to work together on a piece of paper to create something beautiful. And that's what I feel our country should be. I feel that's where we should be at. 
It's infuriating to keep seeing on the news every day that there's an argument over something that is just pointless. You know, how about we just focus on the fact that people are still dying from problems that they shouldn't be dying from in a first world country? I don't know if that made sense at all. For some reason, I just had to get it out because... I feel like watching this every day and seeing these little petty arguments over the smallest things in this world, we're losing out on our humanity and the chances to make this world beautiful. We all have so much to give and the hate that is out there is winning because all we're doing is shouting at each other. And I just would like for everybody to sit down in silence and say, hey, let's talk about how we feel but do it in a respectful manner. And you know what? Maybe if everybody in this world made a podcast and everybody got a chance to just listen without responding right away, that could maybe help the world, pave the world in gold, or even give everybody that delicious cookie that we've all been waiting for. I don't know if it made sense, but that's my looking glass today. And I appreciate you guys for listening. Um, So... Like always, um, thank you for listening. This episode was fun to make. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you do enjoy the podcast, um, the only thing that I ask is could you please rate it and share it? That's all I need you to do um, because I would like to keep this going and spreading more and more awareness and getting to connect with more people out there. I would love that. And it, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be able to do this. So... If you want to contribute to the podcast, feel free to reach out to me on the social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy on Facebook, Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy on Instagram, or search the hashtag LGBB. That's L is in lifestyle, G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy, and it will come up. That's my hashtag. You can also find me on Vero at Andrew Shepard. You can also find me on Twitter now, which... I'm still learning to use Twitter, so if anybody knows how to use it very well, please contact me because I'm still learning some things. Um, but I'm on Twitter as AJ Vanderton and Andrew Shepard. You can find me under either. And if you want to contribute via email, feel free to send it over to lifestylegbb at gmail.com. It's lifestyle, G is in George, B is in boy, B is in boy at gmail.com and I can keep you anonymous again if you want to be as anonymous as a ninja you just let me know and you will become Sasuke Uchiha I hope you guys get those references if anybody gets them if anybody knows my name today Subaru Natsuki you get a high five Uh, so we're going to go ahead and end the show and our ending quote today comes from one of my favorite 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 people Maya Angelou And she says, success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. You guys have a great weekend.